Acorns automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalanced when the market fluctuates. Save for the future and invest with Acorns. Once the show is on demand, click the Acorn link within the description of this broadcast and start saving. Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome to Weird West Radio. I am Michael Flores, your host, and I'm galloping on a mule today because Clint stole my horse. Hello, Clint. How are you? I'm good, but I am. I have it by the reins, and I'm taking you, taking you with me. Okay, thank you. You're I welcome. do need some help. So, all right. Um, that was a horrible beginning to a show, but it's all right. We will not let that set the tone for the rest of the show. I'm sure we've done worse. Oh, absolutely. I think our last show, we did pretty bad. <laughs> a lot of sexual innuendos, homoerotic subtext. I mean, you name it, we just throw it in. That's because we had two. Uh, didn't we have like a month off and we we're just we're yeah. kind of to that point where we're lonely? Man, we miss each other. It was lonely on the trail. And then suddenly we're like, hey, we're alone and our and our and the boss can't see us. Let's just <laughs> hang out. <laughs> wow. We take two, this son of a bitch. I think we should. <laughs> Ah, fuck it. We're just going to move through. All right. So today we have a lot of Western news to get through. Um, Number one is something I wanted to touch on for quite some time. We just have not had an opportunity. And now we must get into it. We have to say RIP, rest in peace to Billy Drago, uh, a fantastic actor. I know a lot of people call him a character actor, but I feel like that's kind of is a I think a lot of actors take that as an insult that you can't act but you're a character actor right. meaning you do the exact same thing all the time which isn't the case with Billy Drago this guy had a very diverse resume of performances movies yes he did fa- fall into a category where he played a very uh, certain type of villain but I would not categorize him as a character actor. He was definitely able to do other things. However, hey, you know what? When you become iconic in a certain role, um, you tend to get typecast, especially in that era that he came mm-hmm. up in. Nowadays, people, it's very hard for people to get typecast because there's so many different avenues. You can take your career, you can go to streaming, you can do your own thing, you can do feature films, you can guest spot. It's very hard for an actor to become typecast in today's ecosystem of television and media and streaming services. Uh, but Billy Drago definitely became a victim to that, and he was forced into becoming a character actor. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the man has a plethora of work under his belt. My favorite role, my absolute favorite role, and I don't think this is going to come <laughs> as a surprise to anyone. My favorite role that he ever played was in Briscoe County Jr. Right on. A little TV show from the early 90s that everyone seemed to have forgotten. But the moment you bring it up, they're like, oh, shit, I remember that show. Even people that don't like Westerns or people who are not Western buffs. You mentioned Briscoe County. They're like, oh, yeah, Bruce Campbell, right? Yep. 
and we already know Bruce Campbell and and his uh, iconic status. So we had two icons working side by side on a series that never should have been canceled. Let's just say it again. We've said it once. We've said it twice. Let's just say it again. <laughs> so Billy Drago, fantastic actor. Um, did you follow his career, Clint? I actually remember him from The Untouchables. He played Frank Nitti, I believe. That's right. The hitman. And I kind of was like, man, this dude's actually like a bad guy who's cool. Probably that, you know, we all have like the, we always root for the bad guy, oh, yeah. you know, type. And he was kind of that guy in that movie. And I, that's what I remember him first. And then when we started doing this, when we did the uh, Briscoe County Jr. reviews, you know, I was like, wow, this is pretty, he's, he's a badass. So it, it was cool. I actually yeah. like to see him in a Western more, of course, but you know, I he do had remember such a from, great look. He had yeah. such a great look. And I think that's why people say, Oh, he was a character actor because when you have that specific look, you tend to be put in certain roles. But I mean, the guy has been acting since, or was acting since I want to say his first project was 1979. So, oh wow, you know, almost 40 years ago, the man started acting and he was consistently in a project of some kind Every year, he never went more than a year, especially in the 80s. The 80s was his heyday. That's when he was just working constantly. But well into the 90s, he worked and it didn't slow down at all. 2006, 2007, 2008, numerous projects all the way up until 2014 uh, was his last starring role uh, in a movie called The Dance where he played The Stranger. Which I might want to check that out now. But for me, his favorite, my favorite performance is John Bly, the villain, the antagonist in Briscoe County Jr. So he'll be missed. He seemed to have garnered a lot of friends within Hollywood and a very large fan base as well. Because I, I cannot believe how uh, we made a post on Facebook when he died. And I cannot believe how that much that post blew up. How did he pass away? Do we know? I, you know what? I don't know. Yeah, I that I don't know. Because he would be in what? His. He was an older gentleman. Yeah. He had, well, you know, great, great, great 73. career. So 73. 73 years Still old. Still too yeah. young, but great, yeah. great career. Yeah. But the the good thing about when people die, I, I, I let me rephrase that. When people die, at least it brings people together, right? Sure. Maybe old friends and one old friend came out of the woodwork by the name of Bruce Campbell, who worked with him on Briscoe County Jr. Uh, Bruce Campbell pays tribute to sweet and humble Billy Drago. He says uh, Evil Dead franchise star Bruce Campbell has paid tribute to the late Billy Drago, with whom Campbell appeared on the TV show The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. of complications from a stroke. There you go, Clint. Oh. Yeah, so Billy played John Bly, a great bad guy on the adventures of Briscoe County Jr., Campbell wrote on Twitter. He was sinister and understated on screen, sweet and humble off screen, safe travels, fellow thespian, well played. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I like when Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell is a good dude, right? It seems like it. Oh, he's so like genuine and open, very different than the the regular Hollywood elite, right? Well, and he, you know, I don't want to say B star because that's not true. He's kind of that off of Hollywood star. You know, a good way of saying it, he's a, he is a B star, but he put himself there sure. and he likes being there. He could have been something else. And in my opinion, he is something else, but he is happy playing in that landscape. Well, what I was, and yeah. And the thing is, I like about that is he's, you see him at like comic cons and, and, and fan things like that. Yeah. And he is, what I've seen is like, he likes to do what he's doing. He's yeah. not snobbish to the fans. He's, he's actually, uh, he knows where, who's, who's, putting money down on the movies and stuff. I think it's really, you know, really cool. Yeah. Well, that's the reason why he's had such longevity to his career. Cause a lot, there's a lot of actors that were big in the eighties. I mean, you got to remember he got to start in a B film, uh, the evil dead. 
and how many other actors have made careers from that movie. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why he's managed to stick around for so long. Yes, he is a very good actor. People do not give him credit. I mean, he was amazing in Bubba Hotep. Um, I, I loved him in Briscoe County being in the evil dead series and then the return series, uh, the TV series on stars. So he's, he's done good for himself, but also related to Bruce Campbell is news that's recently surfaced that he is not opposed to starring in a second season of Ooh. the defunct TV series, Briscoe County jr. Well, come on now. I know. I mean, he's not doing anything right now. I know. Um, boy, I take that back. He is doing a TV show. He's doing uh, what Ripley's, believe it or not. He's the host of that now, which is a pretty big gig for him. But hey, you I can mean, make time. You can definitely make time, especially if you decide to do like maybe a mini, a mini series type film or they call them event series nowadays or a limited series, uh, six episode run. Do one, come back two years later, do another one. Um, but there were plans recently. There has been plans that has resurfaced uh, for the non-produced season two. Uh, just a few short months ago, uh, Bruce Campbell was uh, fresh off the army of darkness, says this article, when he stepped into a role that he had been wanting to play since he became an actor. Finally, he was going to be starring in a Western, but not just any Western. This one also had an element of science fiction to it uh the property was of course the adventures of briscoe county jr uh this of course all coming from the website fan cited uh this jeffrey bohm and carlton q's venture was extremely steampunk it's not steampunk oh jesus christ i get so angry and not steampunk <laughs> it's not steampunk please <laughs> Not steampunk. There's nothing steampunk about this. Just because there's some brass and some steam doesn't make it steampunk. Simpletons out there. This is a weird Western. And if you don't like the weird West tag attached to this, then it's a science fiction Western, which falls under the genre weird Western. This is not a steampunk. Steampunk, there's very specific things that need to be involved or included if it's a steampunk. Number one, the Victorian era. Number two, the United Kingdom. Those are the official settings for steampunk. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a steampunk film that takes place in the United States. Absolutely, you can. You can have a steampunk film that takes place in Mars. It doesn't matter. But there's distinct elements, and Briscoe County Jr. did not have those elements. So please stop posting this as a steampunk. There was an article that was posted, I want to say, on one of our fans' Facebook pages, one of our friends' Facebook pages, uh, the Weird West Facebook page, mm -hmm. uh, Weird West Punk, I think it's called, on Facebook, uh, by Chuck Holland, that he's the the uh, the nice gentleman that runs that Facebook page. Shares a lot and of he, his stuff. Thank you very much. Yeah, he does. And he posted an article, I want to say from Sci-Fi Channel, and the headline was, the reason why Briscoe County Jr. is the most underrated steampunk series of all time. And I just like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> it's not steampunk. It's not. Sorry, steampunk fans. It's not. And if you challenge, if you want to challenge me and go to war with me about it, I will gladly accept this challenge. <laughs> write me a seven page essay. Explain why you think it is. And when you do, I'll write you a 14 page essay. Why it's not and why you're stupid. And he'll do like his that? single spaced. I'm just saying. I'll do mine triple spaced. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get back to this article, Clank. Quit trying to distract me with yeah. steampunk stuff. This is you all know, your fault. I don't, I don't think I've ever mentioned a steampunk to you. Just you just did reason. right now. You just did right now. Did I? You just said it. Well, just now. But the reason I don't is for that right there. Well, let, let me just <laughs> let, let me just explain myself for no, you, a second. You did, here. you did. No, no, one more time. I mean, just so that the people that we may have brought in that, that may be throwing things because I know the steampunk genre crosses over with the weird west genre quite a bit in terms of fans. I'm not opposed to. I'm not against steampunk. I actually like it quite a bit. But there's a difference. 
but there's a difference. Right it's on. like calling an historical piece science fiction. Hey, did you see that uh, science fiction movie starring Mel Gibson called Braveheart? What? That's what it's like. That's what it, you're doing. It, there's totally separate genres. It's the one a year, once a year purge that you've got to have. I have to do somebody, this. Somebody has to write an, write something somewhere. doesn't have to be, <laughs> you know, a, a huge article. It doesn't have to be to you. But you, you got that one a year. And I, and I get it. We've all yeah. got that subject that sets it right I, off. I'm very frustrated with it. And, and the reason why, Clint, again, let me explain this to those people <laughs> out there that never listened before. That just stopped throwing stuff. Uh, right. The Weird West genre does not get enough credit. Most people don't even know what it is. So when something comes out and they try to call it steampunk and I'm like, no, 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 this is Weird West. I'm trying to educate people so that Weird West becomes more of a mainstream genre. Right on. It becomes more of a household name. Yes. There there were people promote when they were promoting uh, Cowboys and Aliens when that came out, that Daniel Craig Harrison Ford film directed mm-hmm. by John Favreau. And there were people calling it steampunk. Oh, there were pieces, there were bits of steampunk in it because he had like a brass uh, wristband. I'm like, ah. no, not. All right. So let's get back to this article. <laughs> Quit distracting me. Oh, sorry. All right, so the uh, the series originally envisioned as a quirky companion piece. By the way, we're talking about Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> yeah, just to bring it, just in case you fade it out. <laughs> the season two plan that was apparently unearthed a while back. All right, so originally envisioned as a quirky companion piece to the network's other unusual offering, The X-Files, it made its debut on August 27th, 1993, And with any new show, the first episode introduced us to the many unusual characters that would become part of our frame of reference. We meet his future sidekick and partner in crime, Socrates Poole, as well as his rival and fellow bounty hunter, Lord Bowler. And of course, a hero has to have a villain. And that was Billy Drago. Jesus, I can't talk now. I'm all I'm all out of source because of steampunk. Never heard of it. And Billy Drago. Portrays John Bly to perfection, according to this article. The quest to apprehend Bly. Okay, let's well, we'll get to the point here. So if the series would have survived and been renewed, season two would have made shippers rejoice. According to TV Tropes, Carlton Cuse confirmed that the wandering bounty hunter would have settled down eventually and married Dixie Cousins. Ah, Dixie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he would have moved to a small town where he would have become the sheriff. To keep things interesting, these citizens would have had similar characteristics to the many many of the guest characters from season one so one can only imagine who they probably could have gotten to appear or sign on as reoccurring characters that was the plan for season two oh. that's that's a bit anticlimactic maybe that's why i got canceled the executives were like wait what you you took this giant idea uh dealing with the rise i believe it was the fbi right that's how it ended it ended with them becoming the first official fbi agents i want to say um, Briscoe and Lord Bowler and that's how it ended so you're like oh season two is going to be about them you know kind of uh, deputized into federal agents well spoiler well you should have watched it already if you haven't so that's a little <laughs> anticlimactic he would have settled down in season two and been a sheriff in a single town I wonder if Jesus. people would have been after him and that type of stuff but yeah you kind of lose the the uniqueness if you're just doing like a <laughs> a, a Marshall Dillon Mary's Kitty type thing, aren't you? Yeah, and maybe they did that because the budget was insane. If you remember, we've spoken to people on that production, and it had a big budget. It was a very ambitious piece of television. This was a show that was trying to capture the the excitement of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's why they brought on the writers, the writers that wrote that script. They brought them onto this production. And they even did a lot of the visual effects in the early portions of the season that you saw in Indiana Jones. Hmm. So this was designed to be a very ambitious, larger-than-life TV series. And uh, it was probably a lot more expensive than they had originally wanted it to be. 
And maybe their plans were to bring it down kind of a little more grounded, which we already know that the first half of season one was a very weird westerny. And then towards the end, the second half of season two, it became a show that was a little more grounded. They kind of started doing away with some of the weird west sci-fi elements and replaced it with more traditional western adventure. Sure. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe someday we'll see a season two picked up by like stars or Netflix or some other streaming service out there. I think it'd be you just can... fun. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, you don't I, need to make you know, it all like complicated. Lately we've, we, they've, they're just, they're rehashing and doing all this remaking stuff of stuff that we've already seen. But if you can, if you've already had a season two and you still can kind of grab everybody together, I think that'd be pretty fun to do, especially for the fans that love the show. Yeah, I agree. Keep it fun. Keep it simple. Not steampunk. Keep it, not steampunk. Keep it. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right, let's go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to reset. I'm going to go purge myself of all hatred. <laughs> and then we'll get into some news. Don't y'all go nowhere. Weird West Radio will be right back. Want more Weird West Radio? Get more Western discussions, plus some pulpy fun. Get more Weird West Radio every month with the Patreon Mike and Clint Do You Right tier. When you pledge just $4 or more a month, you will receive two to four additional broadcasts every single month. More movie discussions on the weird, strange, and traditional westerns, including episodic breakdowns on the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. and the Wild Wild West. Also, for you Spaghetti Western fans, we've got a monthly specialty show dedicated specifically to the iconic film genre of the 60s and 70s. For more Western discussions plus some pulpy fun, go to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. It's Weird West Sunday. The 2019 supernatural horror western flick, The Wind. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm here in the same saddle with Clint Felton. Hello, Clint. It's just because it's scary. We talked yeah. about this one's yeah. a little scary, so it's not anything other than that. We just want to make sure we're okay. I just need someone to hold me for for a little while. Yeah, I guess I don't even need the movie for that. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm just I'm frightened. Oh, now, no, that, that was gross. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> oh, I pushed the limit. If I need some consoling, then that's okay. Darn. But if you're just, you know, trying to sit on the same saddle with me just because, Clint, then we have we're gonna have we're gonna have some issues. It's been we're five years. You think it'd be okay? No, it's not. Okay, only when I'm scared. Okay, I told you, only when I'm scared. Ooh. <laughs> Catch up on your favorite Weird West discussions from Mike and Clint every Sunday on Rain Man Channel Zero Zero One. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Least entertaining, you know, like oh a guy God. gets a horse. What do you want about Tony, a guy being yeah, no, dragged a guy gets by a horse. rope no, 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 by no, a not white drag. A, not drag. a black guy being pulled. No, not okay. pulled. This is this is a, <laughs> a black guy tied by rope. Yes. Go being ahead. led by a horse and a white man on that horse with a cowboy hat. Yeah, I think it would it's have not been, entertaining. No, I think it would have been less We are making it entertaining. It, it would have been less offensive if the uh, black individual was on a horse and riding side by side. You can say so man, like, that's not the problem. No, term no, here. you know, like they'll be riding side by side. Like what did he Lone say? Ranger black Tonto. individual. <laughs> You want him to be a black Tonto? No, no he just side by to the side. Lone Ranger. Side by side with the guy, you know, side by side, equal. This you know, is arm in arm, you know, like brothers. Oh my God! This t- Thomas, perfect example of a racist because he <laughs> thinks he's fixing it. Yes, no, no, it's saying, okay. By uh, making him, like, listen, no, let's make it better. We'll put him on a horse, and he'll be a sidekick to a yeah. white man. <laughs> Still not equal. Can I hear it? 
Visit RainManShow.com. Y'all listen to Weird West Radio on Rain Man Digital. everybody to weird west radio on rain man digital if you miss any part of this broadcast you can always find us stitcher itunes google play uh spotify did i say that yeah spotify just search weird west radio leave us reviews give us thumbs up help us get seen in more places it all helps get that algorithm going all right clint so once upon a time in hollywood Mm. quentin tarantino's latest feature film endeavor takes audiences into the 1960s era of movie making Hollywood. And with that, you get an entire gamut of fake Westerns. (laughs) And I have to say, while I'm watching this, my mind is just my, my head spinning with possibilities because we already know Tarantino loves to take ideas within movies and turn them into other properties, other franchises. They've him and Rodriguez have done this for the past, you know, 20 plus years, all their worlds intersect and connect in some way. And there are rumors that he may in fact move into the television side of the business. Once he's finished making movies, he has said that after his 10th movie, which will be his next, he will retire from directing. But he's already planting seeds that he may get involved in the TV side. Will he be directing TV? Possibly not. Will he be producing? Yes, that's probably what he'll be doing. Producing, maybe doing writing, writing the the first episode, if you will, the pilot, not possibly running the show and the day-to-day writing duties, but getting it going. And there was a TV show that took place in, I want to say, the 50s uh, in this in this um, movie, Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it was titled Bounty Law. Very wanted, dead or alive. Yes, it was a black and white TV series in Quentin Tarantino's fake world or universe that he created for this movie. It was starring Leonardo DiCaprio as a rough and tough, shoot first, ask questions later type of bounty hunter. And man, there are rumors that he's going to be turning this into an actual TV show, not starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I doubt that he's too big for TV, but he did say in an interview that he has already written a six episode concept. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not just Tarantino saying "Eh, maybe. No, he wrote a six episode concept and wrote the first episode already. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 there. Yeah. Can you imagine Tarantino producing a Western ongoing TV series, Clint? It would be, it, well, a, being a fan, it would be awesome. And then it would just be extremely fun to have, you know, I the, I would hope that they would kind of keep that black and white if if people could handle it. Or at least portions. Yeah, because it would be fun. I think that'd be the fun part about it. You know, because we don't rare, we rarely get like a black and white anything anymore. And if they did it right, it'd be you know like uh, what's the the sin? Was it Sin City? Am I thinking of? Yeah, Sin City. Yeah, you know they had that black and white that noir look, but yet they still had a little bit of color. That mm-hmm. that would be very very cool. Yeah, I have a feeling you could do something like that and make it work, especially with the Tarantino project. I mean, we already know he's all about stylized cinematography, stylized filmmaking as a whole. So he could definitely make something like that work. Uh, Typically, black and white is something that networks don't want. Um, In fact, that's something he this is something he's actually been truly thinking. And Tarantino, he says a lot of things. And you got to take a lot of what he says as a grain of salt because he's a true creative mind. He's always thinking of things that he's going to do or he had thought of at one point. And uh, he has, you know, spit out numerous ideas for movies that has never seen the light of day. And they probably never will. But this one, he's actually thinking about it because 
he also said in the interview that it probably wouldn't air on something like Netflix. And the reason why he brought that up was because he recently recut the hateful eight in episodic form for Netflix. And he told people as well as Netflix released the number, not the numbers, but released a press statement saying that the hateful eight blew up in episode form. And that I told you, Clint, I said this off the air. I believe that they are doing this for a reason. You don't just release hateful eight in an episode form, unless you're trying something out, you're testing the waters. You're seeing if there's an audience there. I also read that there's a possibility of once upon a time in Hollywood, that's going to be cut with an extra, what it's going to go four hours. Yeah. I just hope that's not four hours or more driving no dialogue, but that's, uh, you know, I, I think that'd be cool too. Yeah, get portions of uh, of those movies that we saw because there were spaghetti westerns in there. Uh, there were regular westerns. Which was funny I mean, because we do talk about how they weren't, uh, they were looked as not good. And he yeah. was fighting with his, I can't go there, they're shit, you know, and that, that was that was really funny because I'm watching with my wife and I look, looked at her and I go, because they mentioned Kabuchi. Yeah. And I looked at my wife, Jennifer, and I go, hey, we've reviewed those movies. And she's like, what? That's They're, they're fake. I go, no, 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 Kabuchi. <laughs> she's like, really? I'm like, yep. And it's funny because we, we talk about how the spaghetti westerns weren't looked as real cinema and all this right. kind of stuff. And that's why he was – so I'm getting real nerdy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you as 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 I'm telling my wife, and she's like, "All right." Um, yeah, she either she you either got laid because you showed your intellectual side, or she dried up and you never had any sex. I don't want to say that she dried up because that's that's a shot to her. But I will say oh, this: okay. I did get a chance to eat a lot more food. Oh wow! Just because I knew nothing was going to happen later. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pig out because the face that she looked at me when I was telling her all this, she was like, I'm really kind of unimpressed. Yeah. She was probably like, who are you? Yeah, I married this, this man that was like hands on. He was very, you know, mechanically inclined. He was a gun shooter. Yeah. Like he, he was a man. And then suddenly he meets this guy, Michael, and he becomes a fluff. Well, because I almost called you just to kind of make me feel like I knew what I was talking about. Like, you know, we could go back and forth and get all, ah, yeah, gun, you know, talking Westerns and get all weird. And yeah, yeah, we like that and that, that and. Uh. Yeah, but it, but it was fun. And I knew you were going to pick up on those things because they weren't like in your face moments. They didn't really draw a lot of attention to it. Well, they did. But if you didn't know who it was, like Sergio Corbucci, or you didn't know what they were talking about, it just would have kind of rolled right off you. Yep. But the fact that we were aware of what they were talking about, I got a little excited too, especially since, you know, Sergio Corbucci is the second most famous yeah, they even Italian said that. Filmmaker. I know. I was, I was like, like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Because how many times have we said that on our shows? Yep. We have said that so many times. So when he put that in, I'm like, God damn it, we know our shit. <laughs> well, and I, what I thought was cool is because I, before we started this show, I was the gun smoke guy that wanted dead or alive and all this. And I wasn't too far into the spaghetti western. So when I'm watching this, I'm seeing my own tastes you know, kind of move across this, the big movie screen, because I started out with the, the black and whites. And then I moved right. when we started doing this, I got into the weird West and then the spaghetti Westerns and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is really badass. This is so familiar. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. I, man, it's a fun movie. I know there's some controversy surrounding the movie, but we're not going to get into any of that. But when it comes to, if you love the film, and you especially are drawn to the 1960s cinema like we are, you are probably going to enjoy it just for the novelty aspect yeah. alone. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, of course, as we were saying, it has spawned numerous ideas, one of which that seems to be sticking is this fake TV series that was a part of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that is now possibly going to be turned into a TV show, according to this interview uh, Tarantino says from watching the different old Western shows and everything, I did it to get in the head of bounty law. He said, I ended up starting to really like the idea of Jake Cowhill, which was the character of this fake TV show. 
I really started loving those half hour 50s Western scripts. The idea that you could write something like 24 minutes where there has where there was so much story crammed in those half hour shows with a real beginning and a middle and an end. Also, it was kind of fun because you can't just keep doubling down and exploring. At some point, you've got to wrap it up. I really like that idea. He says, I've written five, not six, five different episodes for a possible bounty law, black and white. There you go, Clint. Half hour Western show, he continued. I can't imagine Leonardo is going to want to do it. He's, oh, maybe I'll cast somebody else, he says. If he wants to do it, that would be great. I'm not planning on that, but I have an outline for about three other episodes. So I'll probably write about three other episodes and then just do it. Yes. And then he says, oh, I will direct every episode. Oh, my God. They're a half hour long. I wouldn't mind doing it for Netflix. I, and I knew this would be the problem. OK, but I'd want to shoot it on film. And you and I have already gone into this on other discussions. Yeah. I believe it was our preacher discussion. Netflix is hell no to film. If you're making a project specifically for them, they will not take it if it's shot on film. Now, if it's things that have been already produced, then, of course, they're going to put it in their library. But if it's a Netflix original of any kind, whether it be a film or a TV series, it will not be shot on film. They want things shot in 6K. That's what Preacher was doing. Um, And that was the problem Seth Rogen had when he was trying to uh, convince Netflix to pick up his show originally. It was like, hey, we would love to shoot on Netflix. But and same thing with AMC. AMC is the same way. Eh, we want things to look good for Netflix. So even though AMC is not necessarily associated with Netflix, they do have contracts with them so that all their shows go directly to Netflix after they're done on their platform. And because of that, Netflix dictates that they don't want film. They want things that are 4K and 6K so that it looks better on modern television sets. Yeah. It's kind of backwards thinking because film looks amazing on these big screen TVs. If you know how to shoot film, film looks beautiful. There's just a different, you know, vibe to them. Especially Westerns, right? Yeah. I mean, can't you just, you know, suck it up? I I know. I know. So Tarantino says he doesn't think Netflix because he wants to shoot film. However, Showtime, HBO, uh, FX... But I also like the fact that I built up this mythology for Bounty Law and Jake Cowhill. The cool thing is, is that he sees, like, I think I've, we, I don't know if we've talked about it on air or off air, but I loved, like, your 30-minute television shows. Because you can... It's a forgotten art. It's a forgotten art form. It's now, that time frame is now given mostly to sitcoms. And back in the day, you used to have these adventures these action packed Westerns and action packed detective pieces that were 30 minutes. Well, because you can go from like, I, I, I use gun smoke a lot because I, I, I watch it a lot, but you go from them 30 minutes to when they hit that hour mark, yeah. or 45 minutes, you see where they fill it in. You know, it's the long right. shot of the ride, the Matt Dillon riding out or this, the stagecoach coming in from the Hill or something like that. And you don't need all of that, you know, they kind of cut right to the point. Stagecoach pulls up, stuff happens. You know, Matt Dillon shows up and it's, you know, they cut it so that it's right to the point. There's none of that. Oh, here comes this. Here comes that. Excuse me. And I kind of dug that. And even the action sequences weren't super long. It was always nice and fast. You had your shootouts, but they were fast and right to the point too. But you know, that's that's going to be cool, especially if it's coming from Tarantino's point, because no matter what he does, it's going to be cool. So I'd like to see that 30 minutes just to see how he he would do it, especially for the modern time. Yeah. And dude, black and white film. I mean, fuck, dude. And I, I, I see the thing about Tarantino is I think he's become he's getting to an age where he doesn't want to waste a lot of time. And you can kind of if you if you have skills in dissecting the way people say things, you can kind of get that it's not about him wanting to stop working. I feel like he's getting tired. 
He's a director that might be wanting to enjoy his life in his later years. Sure. And that's why he wants to retire and do other things like write novels. That's one thing he's going to do as well. Because look at what he says about the TV show. The idea that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's over. There's no long, drawn-out process. It's done. Yep. That gives him a way to express his creative side, which is never going to go away. That's why I I find it hard to believe that Tarantino is just going to go off into the sunset after his 10th film. Um. This will give him an outlet where he can be creative still and exercise those creative juices uh, and 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 uh, I guess pay you know tribute to the things that he loves without having to sit behind a view screen or a camera for you know six seven eight months right that so. that'd be fun especially what do you say six episodes. Yeah. I mean, well, that, he said he had five, and then he had uh, he possibly will re- write three more. Oh, well, I mean that's that'd be perfect too. I mean, I would rather see, especially Quentin Tarantino, go out, not go out, but have even a limited release. You wanting more? I like the idea of not going. Ah, that last season sucked. You know, like right. Longmire. We we've discussed Longmire. I like the way yeah. that. People still want more Longmire. And when you get to that point and you leave on, I, I'll i say, an okay note, but you've wrapped it all up, that's awesome. You know, I like when they don't overextend the the goodness of the shows. So six, ep- whatever it is, eight episodes, that'd be pretty cool. No, you don't want to wear out your... You're welcome. Right. And that's what a lot of TV shows do. And you got to kind of have your finger on the pulse of your audience. Like when, when is it time to leave? And, when you can tell when and, they're calling it in, phoning it in. It's right. It, you, a walking dead. So I just, that's right. where I'm at. <laughs> I don't walking dead, but Clint, they have like, they have like five more spinoffs coming out. What are you talking about? Oh, for fuck's sake. Really? That's how far removed I am of this show now. I don't so, even care. Well, <laughs> let me get this straight. The Walking Dead is your version of my steampunk. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not. Yes. Yes, it is. I, yes. That's funny. So we can expect to see more news, I'm sure, very soon uh, when it comes to the Bounty Law TV series. Um, I knew I knew there was something going on when I saw Netflix put out Hateful Eight broken into episodes with additional content. Now, you, you don't do that. Yeah, I was kind of wondering why they were doing that. And that that's, that's a good call. Testing the waters. I mean, why not? I mean, that's a great way to test for a market. And according to a lot of people, number one, I loved Hateful Eight. There was a, there was a, a lot of controversy once again behind his movies there always are around tarantino's films but uh, there was a lot of blowback with this western specifically just amongst the the western genre it was it was not split down the middle there was just about 70 percent that just hated it and i think it had more to do with politics more than anything because samuel jackson was was popping off at the mouth about you know cops and 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 guns and and then you had tarantino yeah, Tarantino did a few things and he was marching at the uh, I want to say the fallen. Uh, they're calling him a victim of a police brutality. Uh, and then he had Kurt Russell talking on the other side of things, trying to save it. There was a bunch going on that hurt that film. But if you look at the reviews for the episodic release of Hateful Eight, a lot of people who didn't care about the movie have stated that this works so much better in an episode form. Did you? And have they you actually seen it? like it. I have not had the opportunity I, because I watched the first two and they did it pretty well. It feels like well, a a uh, a show. We should we should plan on reviewing it then. We should probably watch them and then do not not per episode, but we'll watch all of them. We'll right take on. our time and then once we have completed our are watching we will are viewing i should say we will uh plot a or sh- our strategy on a, on forming a discussion yeah i think i th- i think we'll be i think you might like how they did it 
Yeah, I've been I've been wanting to, but every time I'm about to push play, I'm like, you know what? Let me talk to Clint first. Let's figure out an exact time when we're going to do this, and then I'll watch it because I want it to be fresh on my mind. But if we're going to do it, then I'll just sit down and watch him. Yeah, because I just because I was like, what? There's additional content and all this other stuff, and I just. I just watched the first, I think it was the first two episodes, and I was like, yeah, they did a pretty good job cutting it into an episode, Episode, so I thought that was pretty cool. Well, from what I was reading, there's an entire chapter that's added in one episode that wasn't even in the movie, an entire story. It was like over 30 minutes. Oh, really? I guess maybe yeah. I haven't got to that part yet. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about Mario Van Peebles coming back for another Western. Oh. I think a lot of us grew up with... That old 1993 film, Posse. Yes. I did. My wife and I actually watched that uh, when it, I think it was on HBO or something. And we're like, this, this may, may, or, this may or may not be any good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And holy shit. That was yeah. a good film. It really was. I remember growing up watching this in the summertime. It was on TV. So I never saw it in the theater when it came out in 1993. I think I was too young to go see a rated R film. But when it was on TV, me and my brother, we would just watch it on repeat because they would play it all the time on regular network television when we were not in school. And, dude, I just developed this fondness for this film because it became part of my childhood. Mario Van Peebles. In Posse. It was such a great movie. Um, so much so to me at that time that I have not gone back to watch it since I want to say early 2000s is the last time I watched it. And I'm afraid to go back because I don't want to be disappointed that it might not be as good yeah, as I remember. I, I haven't watched it either. <laughs> so Mario Van Peebles is returning for another outing. Uh, last seen on horseback, according to Deadline.com, in a period film in the 1993 film Posse, Mario Van Peebles is set to direct and star in Outlaw Posse. Oh, he he wrote the script. Uh, Peebles has teamed with Emmy-winning filmmaker Kim Conweiser and Christopher Miller's uh, The Money Pool on the cowboy drama. The film is in pre-production, and Van Peebles has begun casting leads for early next year. Oh, wow. Cool. Outlaw Posse is set against the rolling hills and the lawless towns of the American Wild West in the late 1800s. Van Peebles plays chief leader of a posse of black cowboys in search of truth and justice. The Ayatollah of rock and roller does not stop. (laughs) Do you remember the heartbreak? Yeah. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Ridge. Yeah. Man, I am excited for this. Van Peebles aims to uphold the spirit of the earlier film in which he, uh, in which his character led a group of black infantrymen after the Spanish American war to find the men who lynched his father. See, even more so not getting too political, but let's get political even more. So uh, this film could end up being more relevant just because of the social landscape and the many messages that that the studios and directors and and writers are putting into their, into their movies currently. I mean, this has the potential to just speak to a lot of people, uh, and I feel like that's a smart way to bring in people that may not usually go see a western at the theater. Sure, but hey, you have a group of black guys. It speaks to the black audience as well as makes a few social statements. It may bring in. You know, a couple million people that might not have actually gone to see a standard Western starring your usual, you know, cast of favorites, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, man. That This could be really, really good. And this is completely new. I had no idea this movie was coming out until we were preparing for the show today. Yeah, because where, where's he been? Sipping Mai Tais on the beach? I don't know. I mean, he's a good-looking dude still, too, so I'm sure he's... When he was he's, good, be, he's a good actor. Good actor, good-looking dude. I'm sure he's pounding away on some hot chicks. Even if he's married, it's okay. <laughs> it's an open relationship, Clint. Don't judge people, okay? I, I'm not. Yeah, you really shouldn't. But I am. But I'm not. All right, so let's talk about one more movie before we close out today's show, and it is titled The Outsider. Not a lot is known about this film as of yet. It's a 2019 film. It is scheduled to be released. Oh, wait. 
Jesus Christ, I'm an idiot. Give me two seconds here. <laughs> I don't even have the right website up. The Outsider's already out, so let's not even talk about that one right now. All right. All right, so the last bit of Western film news before we close out today's show is about a film titled Five Mile Cave. And it's a Western that takes place at the turn of the century. A boy enchanted with tales from the Old West unlocks a mystery that could save their family farm. Sounds like a feel-good, touchy-touchy Western to me. So I'm not quite sure if this is going to be my cup of tea. However, there's a pretty good cast attached. Uh, You have Adam Baldwin, which we know who that gentleman is, uh, Jill Wagner. There are some pretty big names attached to this project, so I'll be willing to give it a shot after I see the trailer. Now, according to this synopsis, while his widowed mother struggles to avoid foreclosure, a mysterious stranger arrives looking for a room to rent. Sounds like the beginning of a porno. Please. (laughs) (laughs) A bond with the boy grows as the drifter recounts breathtaking stories. Yeah. Just short of having a pizza guy deliver some pizza. Oh, yeah. the, The robe falls off. Hey, I noticed that your husband's uh, dead. <laughs> In the back. Coincidentally. it's It's been a while since uh, you've seen some action, right? About, what, hour? Well, hey. It's long, it's long in the West, the, am I right? <laughs> the Bible says that death is the end of marriage, so you know what? Let's uh, get it on, honey. Just let me tie up my horse. I'll be right there. Let me see them knickers. Got to say that one slow, don't you? Careful now. Oh, man. All right. So the Drifter recounts recounts breathtaking stories of Shooter Green, a legendary gunslinger accused of Arizona's biggest gold robbery. The truth is revealed along with the secret of the Drifter's past when a lawman appears hot on the trail of these stolen gold. Uh, past and present collide in this tale of action, adventure, and drama. Okay, this actually sounds exciting. It feels like a throwback to the 1980s feel-good westerns. It's what it looked like. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm going to have an open mind for this. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Adam Baldwin uh, back in the day. Not modern Adam Baldwin is a bit of a, a loudmouth on social media and he kind of annoys me. But <laughs> old Adam Baldwin, the quiet he, one. Gets two, he gets two thumbs up. All right. So that concludes this week's discussion and breakdown on all the latest and greatest Western film news. Get up. I want to, yeah, I want to apologize if I got a little too aggressive about steampunk it's just there's two things that we can't talk about don't don't apologize for your art oh thank you clint you're such a good don't ever do that i hate that co-host you want to talk about something that sets you off apologizing for your art yeah well fuck them then you you like steampunk fuck you (laughs) (laughs) all right we better end this show before i dig myself deep into this hole all right clint i want to thank you thank you michael and good night. Or said he be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Now, do you have anything to say, young man? Yes, Your Honor, I do. <clears throat> you can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs>